from Birmingham, Alabama. You're listening to the Flat Picking Pilgrim's Progress. I'm your host, Gary Furr, and I'm so glad to have you with me today. Whether you're sitting in your favorite chair or riding along in the car, I'm glad we're going to get to spend this time together. I'm so glad to be with you. It is Maundy Thursday, a very sad and hard day in the Christian tradition, calendar-wise. You wouldn't know it to go to most Protestant churches, especially the big evangelical ones in America. They're in such a hurry to get to Easter that they can barely stop by Thursday and Friday of Holy Week. There's such a couple of downers. Ever since we decided to go all in on consumerism and cultural popularity, we've had to shade the story a bit so people don't get impatient and go to the next shiny bauble in that endless American mall of good feelings and expensive things. Maundy Thursday is a final meal of Jesus and his disciples. He outs the lot of them by calling out Judas, saying, One of you will betray me. And in one gospel account, they all ask, is it me, Lord? Hmm. I guess Judas wasn't the only one wobbling on the cause. So coming to face that, they then leave dinner, end up out in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's still right where we left it. There are some thick olive trees there. They're not the ones that were there when Jesus was, but they're probably descended from the ones Jesus knelt next to. The ones there today are less than a thousand years old, which in Bible land terms is like 12 or 13. His close buddies go with him, and he prays. He sees what's up ahead, and it's hard, hard. He's going to suffer and die. A judicial murder as our founding story. How about that? Injustice, unfairness, treachery. Betrayal, suffering, pain, misery. It's a real uplifter as stories go. And I suspect that could be some of why most church attenders, and we seem to be shrinking all the time, skip straight from Christmas to Easter. My wife calls them CEOs. Christmas, Easter, and one other. In a way, who can blame them? Human life has so many wonderful delights, even if none of them last. Sex is over in a blissful second. You get hungry again in a few hours. Even money gets left behind when you go to be wasted and ruin your children and grandchildren's self-reliance. Oh, you can take trips and fill your senses. But you still have to go back to whatever is weighing you down to one place. No, it's magic we prefer. And that's why in the churches of what's happening now, we have to psych people up to skip through Maundy Thursday. Now, Maundy literally means mandatum novum, a new law. In the dinner somewhere, Jesus dressed up like a servant and washed their feet and told them and John to become servants to each other, and therefore his new law was love one another. And that's what he wanted them to remember. 
But when your life's under threat, it's kind of hard to take that approach. So every one of them, the scared little rabbits, they went right out and they let him go to the cross by himself. But he kind of suspected that was going to happen. You see, we want magic, miracles, goosey bumps, so we can persuade one another that everything is utterly under control. Now, that's different from saying something way down deep in things is moving inexorably toward a purpose we can't see. But we're used to mysteries solved in an hour minus the commercials. That's more like what we call miracles. Everything works out. For the last three weeks, I've been with my family, dealing with my mother falling and going to the hospital, and I'll spare you all the details, except sooner or later we all go through this. I've been wading through the crisis and the healthcare system, watching the plotting miracle of modern healthcare. I used to say as a pastor every day, these doctors and hospitals and nurses do routinely what Jesus did miraculously. I would only add, but with a lot more paperwork and no guarantees. But it is a wonderful thing. And I would have loved magic in the midst of this. Instead, we got long rehab, some scary moments, some hard decisions, a lot of stored furniture until we could figure out where my parents go next. A lot of things are just like that. Cancer and addiction and dementia and bad marriages and even entire cultures. I would probably take magic, I have to admit, even though there's something I know is wrong about that. It's cheating somehow. Like wanting to be entitled in the universe for no good reason while everybody else has it hard. Jesus chose the other route. I will suffer, offering myself to be with them and offer them entitlements of a kingdom for everyone, deserving or not. It's the anti-magic. I almost saw a miracle once on the Via Dolorosa in Jerusalem. Many years ago, in 1997, I took a tour group to Israel. It was a perfect trip in a lot of ways. Great weather, great group, wonderful guides. But one fellow, my older friend Gaither, was coming out of the hospital. He was rich. He could have stayed home, but he hated to lose his deposit. And besides, his wife and daughter and son-in-law were going, so off we went. Now, to make it a little easier, he decided to hire a skinny Arab teenage boy to push him around in a wheelchair whenever he got tired. He still had to walk with a cane, otherwise, or crutches. It was a great idea, but a bad result. Did you ever try to push a wheelchair where Jesus walked on cobblestone streets amid throngs of eager picture-snapping pilgrims from everywhere? On the Via Dolorosa particularly, it was tough. Poor Gaither was bouncing up and down like an infantryman in an army jeep in Vietnam. And the poor lad was nearing exhaustion pushing this big American man who would bark orders whenever he veered off or went too slow. They were both getting really frustrated. Finally, Gaither had had enough and he said, Damn it, just let me get up. I'll walk with my cane. Up he rose out of that wheelchair, straight and tall, and began hobbling along. 
Well, right beside us, another group of Americans were walking up the hill. One woman, I don't know where she was from, but I like to think Oklahoma or Mississippi. That seemed logical to me. She stopped, her eyes wide with astonishment. Praise God, she said, and everyone around stopped and looked. If I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't have believed it. He did it again right here on the Via Dolorosa. It's a miracle. I didn't have the heart to take away her magic moment. I like to think she went back home to Enid, Oklahoma, or Lewin, Mississippi, or wherever it was, and every year tells the story of the healing she witnessed. That one moment when divine power chose her to witness making a lame man walk again. Now I want you to be clear. I believe there are mysterious things that happen in this universe. Moments of the revelation of things we can't explain. Healings no one can really account for. But miracles as we've come to define them are closer to magic. They don't require faith so much as naivete. And for children, this is okay. Hard things will come soon enough. But magic will always disappoint us. The next tornado might hit my house instead of my neighbor, and then what am I left with? This week I took my mother down to UAB. Well, really, I didn't take her. The medical transport did because she still can't walk on her own for her follow-up appointment. So I drove down to meet her and went into the lobby of the medical building. It's a modern pool of Siloam full of people waiting for the angel to trouble the waters and be put in. So I walked over to the information desk and I asked them how to get to where she would arrive. And one of the ladies told me. Now I was dressed in a coat and tie because I was going down to do something else later in the day that required me to be ministerial. She said, are you a doctor or a lawyer? I said, no, ma'am, I'm her son. No, she said, I mean, are you a doctor or a lawyer? Oh, I get it. It's the tie and the voice and the manner. No, ma'am, I'm a retired preacher. Oh, she said, well, I thought with that voice you must be a doctor or a lawyer. I said, well, I get that all the time. When I'm at Walmart, people come up to me and ask where the light bulbs are or can, where can they return their defective coffee maker. I just kind of look like a manager. And doctors can help you get well. And lawyers can sue them if they don't. In this crazy world we're in, that's power, brother. But we preachers, as Fred Craddock once described us, are as one without authority. It's not magic. We keep looking for something deeper. That's why Jesus wouldn't take up arms when Peter took a sword and lopped off an ear. No, Peter, you live by weapons, you die by weapons. So much for God, guns, and guts. What does he leave me with? Just this prayer. Not my will, but thine be done. A prayer of utter trust under a tree. Just before being arrested by the troops, led there by one of his own, sent in the night to get him. He prayed. He sweated drops of blood, Luke said and prayed not my will, but yours. Even though he said, if it be possible, take this from me. But there was no other way to where he had to go but through 
here. It was the same prayer he'd been teaching them all along. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not magic, not force and cruelty, not raging mobs, not money, not killing all of the other guy, but trust in the midst of it. And no wonder there's such small crowds in Holy Week until Easter. As the week goes, Maundy Thursday is usually the skimpiest crowd. It's between triumphal entry and resurrection. But I would say that a lot of life is lived right there. Waiting for the hundredth time. Hoping the cancer is gone. Or maybe he'll quit drinking this time for good. Or maybe we Christians will wise up and stop pretending to be like Jesus part-time. But I keep coming to this day, and I always go to this service, this helplessness. Like every hero, I want the bombers to come and blow them out of the water and rescue Jesus. What kind of world kills a man like this? But I come here because what I really want is something very close to what he is praying. I'll probably fall asleep like Peter and the others while he's praying. But I've lived long enough to be disappointed in magic over and over again. I want the real miracle. The one that makes it through. The one that hides right in front of the terror and the worst things that ever happened to us. Right there in the center of the worst day somebody ever had. Right there. I keep believing there's something more. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often
Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. site for lots of other information and writings at garyfur.me g-a-r-y-f-u-r-r dot me once again thank you so much join me next time on the flat picking program's progress